about to witness the strength of knowledge. This is Steve Dace. Raising a banner of bold colors, no pale pastels. People should not be afraid of their governments. Governments should be afraid of their people. Our rights are inherent and essential. Derived from our maker. That is liberty. And liberty will reign in America. This is Steve Dace. And greetings. Happy Wednesday. Welcome to the Steve Day Show podcast here on Westwood One. That would be me. Todd and Aaron are here as well. You are welcome to be with us, too. Let us know what you think about what we think. Steve at SteveDace.com is the email address. You can like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Last name is spelled D-E-A-C-E. Our podcast here on Westwood One each day is powered by CRTV. Speaking of which, we just wrapped up production for today's CRTV show. Tom, let's give the audience a preview of what's coming their way today on CRTV. Well, I think we ultimately did have a fascinating discussion about something that's entirely unfascinating, and that is uh, Supreme Court uh nominations and confirmations um because ultimately in essence what we talked about is when certain weapons of righteousness and truth um are no longer fit for the enemy at hand Uh, and i'm speaking specifically about a speech that was given by senator ben sass uh that all of us agree had real meat on the bone but it wasn't even close to being a big enough bone to defeat the dragon that we've created by not wielding that bone when it was sufficient for years and years and years. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, um, you'll that'll become more clear once you watch it, but it, it really was a fascinating uh, discussion. Aaron? Yeah, I agree that there, that, that speech that Sass gave was meat, um, but it was like a shrimp. You know, it's... Uh, bite-sized and that's basically it's totally inconsequential um and he basically says implies the same himself uh fake news or not today steve rightfully almost uh loses it and when i say rightfully i mean hello darkness my old friend (laughs) hello darkness my old friend Mm -hmm. I I am tired of handing our values, themes, ideals, symbols. I, I'm tired of handing them to leftists. I'm just tired of it. You're tired. No, not that kind of... I mean, I'm freaking up tired of it, man. Yeah. Preach. Tired. That kind of tired. Like, where my Second Amendment at? Hey, is that a jawbone of an ass over there? That kind of tired. Yeah. Know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Like, mama got to die tonight, tired. Like, the one presidential debate during the last primary I was able to watch with my family because I wasn't working for the campaign and it was on a Saturday. And it was the New Hampshire debate. And I texted Ted Cruz before the debate begging him, do not apologize to Ben Carson ever again. And he opens up the debate by apologizing to Ben Carson. And my kids have not been that terrified since the last time each of them got spanked because they all knew they deserved it. 
And the two youngest ones looked at their oldest sister and, and as if to say, they looked at her the way Dustin Hoffman looked at Laurence Olivier. And they said, is it safe? Is it safe? Because they saw the look on the old man's face. And they knew someone had to pay for this. Someone must pay. I'm that kind of tired. Well, let's face it. The three of us and people like us, we're, we're that tired all the time. It's, it's our default. And we find a way to go exist, but then we have those conversations every once in a while where on one, you're the one flipping out because you've reached your point, and, mm-hmm. or I'm the one, and then right. the, the other two of us are kind of like, okay, now let's, it, it, because that, it's every single, where, look around you. Every issue, every person, it's sellouts, it's cons, it's frauds, it's, it's, it's flaccid. Every day, yeah, we have to. We do have to keep reminding ourselves: it's bonfire. The vanities meets the decline and fall of Rome meets House of Cards every single day. That's what it is every day, right? Every day, that's what it is. Well, if you want to see what caused me to nearly lose it today, CRTV.com is where you can go to watch today's show. If you're not yet a CRTV subscriber, use my name as a promo code: promo code Dace D E A C E, and that'll give you access to not just the Steve Day show on CRTV, but the great one, Mark Levin, uh, Michelle Malkin, Stephen Crowder, all the other great shows that we do each and every day right here exclusively at CRTV.com. And I will stop bumping my microphone. I'm sorry, America. All right, it is Wednesday. It is time to play. Chew gum instead. I hear they love that. Yeah. <laughs> or Tic Tacs yeah. or whatever that was. <laughs> no, it's the halls. Get the my, halls. That's it's what when I, I It's when I get my... Uh, Let me get my nasty gram typewriter man. out. <laughs> it's when I get my twice a year sinus infection and I need halls to get me through those shows and people just lose it to the point that I am half tempted to just chew halls on here all year round now. Because that's what I'm like. You come at me like that. I'm like, yeah, let's just double down for the hell of it. Why not? You know? Yesterday we were taping Michigan Pod. I'm, get, I'm just starting to rub off on me a little bit. We were taping Michigan Podcast and he shot a little bit close. So what did I do? Zoomed right in. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So we're going to play buy, sell, or hold. And this is where Aaron, with a little help from his friends, those of you out there in the audience, is going to provide for us a series of statements, hopefully of the not uh, lame variety. Todd and I will decide, are we buying that? Are we selling that? Hopefully have at least one good reason why that would be the case. Once per week, we are allowed to hold... Because, in the, well, it should be only for this reason. The proposition that is presented to us is of such lameness that it doesn't worthy, uh, it's not worthy or d- of dignifying it with an answer. Anything short of that will be considered you punking out, and the dude code call will call for you to be verbally lashed here in front of literally the 46 people that listen to this podcast every day. Aaron, go ahead. All right. First one from Jacob Arthur. Senator Sass is beginning to lay the groundwork for 2024. So tell me why you're going to sell first. Because um, you remember how I reacted when 2016 was done and anybody tried to immediately start Are you just talking? selling it on principle? Yeah, 2020. Yeah. You kidding me? Look at where we are. Look at... The state of the can you possibly we we might not have presidential elections in 2024 the court might just be deciding who's president okay i you know what some of the old podcasts on the old po- podcast feed from you know when uh, uh, rebecca was in your seat and jen was in yours from the 2012 election and the in the the months prior and the in the year after 
Do you look back at those days as like your Saturday evening post days? I bet you those shows are still there. And it would be fascinating to go and listen to the stuff that we just couldn't believe we were debating in 2011 and 12 and 13. And then realize what we're debating right now in 2018. And then try to play the game of what then will be up for debate in 2024. There's literally a newspaper headline today that says man without penis commits crime. This is literally a story. Um, what do we call human beings without penises, Todd? Do you know? Well, traditionally, it's been women. Yeah. Yeah. One of the great lines from Kindergarten Cop with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, other than, it's not a tumor. Boys have a penis and women have a vagina. Remember that line? That was, that was a great line. Um, except they don't anymore, apparently. News, if newspapers are running headlines... Woman or man without woman without a penis. Or, I'm confused. I, man without a penis. That's what it was. Yes, man without a penis. What headlines are we running? That's five, six years from now. I'm not. Which I think makes forecasting whatever the political environment will be in 2024. Um, really difficult. Mm-hmm. I think also with Ben Sass. He needs to, you know, you, you don't want your politicians ruled by ambition, but you don't want them ambitionless either. You know, there's a balance there. And he gave a great talk yesterday. Did he go file any legislation to limit the jurisdiction exactly. of the courts on anything at all? Exactly. So, I mean, to me, Stop talking about, yeah, I mean, you, you're, until that changes, I like Ben. I do. But if you're talking about running for president, it's going to require you to be more than a blogger, you know, with a with with um, you know a header, with a logo, you know, a pontificator with a platform. So I'm going to sell. All right. Um, the Jacob Hibbard says the Pope's silence will result in a nailing 95 thesis moment by faithful Catholics. I will sell. Defer. Sell. Uh, only, I mean, there there might be a moment that people try to analogize to that, but you have to take, you have to go beyond that moment and consider the historical gravity of everything that followed uh, from it. Uh, and I, I can't even imagine that happening with the level of pace uh, that it did. If there's change, I, it's going to be more glacial. It needs to be quick. I, but I, I just can't imagine uh, a moment of that level of gravity with that level of pace happening. I'm not entirely sure that I agree. I'm very uncomfortable, though, intellectually, taking a counter position given your um, closer, your closer knit perspective and more in-depth knowledge of the situation. It's a little bit like 
you know, when your favorite team is struggling, don't listen to the national sports guys talk because they're knowledgeable, but they have to be knowledgeable about 60 teams, you know, and so they're knowledgeable about pretty much all of them at the surface level. When your team is struggling, you actually want to talk to the local guys because that's all they do is that team and they're going to know more of the nuances. See what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So I, I think it's entirely possible this could end in some kind of a schism. There's another part of me, though, that says if there was that kind of resolve, a guy like this probably wouldn't be Pope anyway or wouldn't have lasted this long to begin with. Sort of the same conversation we have all the time, right? Whenever we think there's going to be any kind of reckoning, we always look at each other and say, well, if we were capable of that reckoning, this situation probably wouldn't be happening, right? We we kind of have this conversation comprehensively in like every walk of life, don't we? Right? Let me make a point um, along the lines of something you and I just talked about off the air about knowing myself and mm-hmm. my, right now there's a conversation um going on about how this last sunday uh card uh cardinal whirl in uh dc who followed mccarrick and who is now being um cited as one of the primary cover-up artists when he spoke um at uh, church this last weekend some people stood up, and it's happened in other parishes, um, and yelled at him. And there were uh, Orthodox, conservative, whatever thinkers that said, uh, totally understand your frustration, have to do something, but during the Mass, uh, that's not the moment to do it. And there's a and they appeal to you know this this is about more than any one man this is the 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 source and summit of our faith this is uh, where we believe as Catholics and it's what differentiates from other Christians where uh, bread and wine become body blood soul and divinity all, all true but to me uh, I, I don't know the specifics of what was said uh, by these people but all I know is that ultimately if these frauds uh, are going to continue to blaspheme this most holy of moments. And somehow your default is that that ha- because it's so holy, you can never mm-hmm. use that moment to confront these frauds. See, to me, I think the exact opposite. I, yeah, I agree with you. you. In, in yeah. that moment, if I'm in that church and he tries to pull that crap on me, something's going down and it's not going down because i'm disrespecting the essence of my faith because it's because i'm fighting for it yeah because i'm protecting it and over my yeah. dead body am i going to give you any more benefit of the doubt not here not now not in front of my lord so it's because of that that really we're still we're we're out there rearranging the deck chairs on the titanic i ju- i don't believe there's enough critical mass there might be some little version of that, an attempt, but it can't just be the paper on the wall. There it is, the 95 theses. You have to follow through and how that snowball started rolling, 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 and how the church has never been the same. And God bless the fact that now the three of us in this room are sitting together and listeners, Catholic and Protestant, are listening to us and we're coming together. But the fact that that Reformation happened and we look back at it 500 years later, none of us are all... Are all um, there's there's pieces uh there's brokenness 
that that has never been recovered because of that. I'm not cast and blame. I, no, I'm, there, I'm not there's no blame. such thing as a clean divorce. Yes. Is what you're saying? You can't. We're supposed yeah. to be one. We're supposed to be one, and we aren't. We're not even close to it. So I, I just can't even imagine now such a fractured body hammering something up on a wall, the the, the equivalent of it, and it um, putting us back together again. I can't. I can't. I can't imagine it happening. I can imagine us being whole. I just can't imagine it because of that. That's very well said. I think that when I heard you describing that situation, I'm reminded, I was reminded of several scenes in the Gospels. You know, what if, if, if I were in your situation as a Catholic, I would look at my, my parish priest and say, um, the Eucharist was made for man, not man for there the you Eucharist. Go. You know what I'm it. saying? Yes, yes. Otherwise, you know, it, it, you you t- this is pharisaical what you're describing, and, and I know we throw this term around way too liberally now in the church. Basically, we are every, every if you believe in the literal the literal meaning of God's word, you're called a Pharisee now. When actually the Pharisees were the ones who believed that they were the ones who could determine the literal meaning of God's word rather than God's word determining its literal meaning for itself, which is exactly what those of you who don't want to obey the literal word of God are doing. You're the, actually the Pharisees, not the ones obeying it. But there, but that's that's what we're describing here. Where you know this is where he says to the to the Pharisees, "You tie then every ounce of cumin and uh, and or cumin and, and dill and spice, which is fine." You, but you rejected mercy and sacrifice. You, in other words, you practiced the letter of the law with by rejecting the spirit of it. You should have. There was nothing wrong with following the spirit of the letter of the law, but not for the sake of the spirit of it. And that's what you're describing. Yeah. Which is it? There, 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 there is a need for order and circumstance, but we don't hide behind order and circumstance when a grave injustice has taken place is taking place and has gone unconfronted we don't say we'll handle it after the squash game that's not how this works okay that's not how that's not how it works that's not the priority level and that's what i hear you talking about here here they are saying uh in hushed tones you know don't do this there because that's the holy place and my first reaction is you're exactly right but from the wrong premise don't do this because it's a holy place i'm yelling at you that don't you come with you don't you dare confront me with that that is the exact kind of thinking that keeps the laity in its place and keeps them lazy because you just keep them passive Mm -hmm. i'm not your damn sheep i am the lord's sheep but i'm not yours you either start gen I mean this is why we have kneelers in the Catholic Church. It is a it is a physical representation of how and who we are supposed to be. That's not that and that is not passive. Sitting there on your can singing some stupid psalm that you half heartedly uh, are, are are uttering from your lips. That's passive. Actively getting on your knees is an aggressive stance, and it's more aggressive in this culture than it's ever been. And the, that the preaching from the pulpit from a fraud like Cardinal Whirl and, and just keeping us there nodding, okay, well, I guess, you know, we'll just give him No, 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 hell yep. no. No, you... I, I can't say it any better than that. I mean, you are... That's right on the money, man. Preach. I'm, my answer... I, 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 that's my answer, what he said. Yeah, I think we should just close in prayer and go home now. Was... <laughs> there is, you know, similar to what we've talked about in the past when Jesus confronts Saul on the road to Damascus. He does not say, why are you persecuting these Christians? He says, why are you persecuting me? me? Mm-hmm. Jesus does not say to Peter, if you love me, here are your sheep. 
He says, no, feed my, my sheep. My sheep hear my voice. I'm, this, is a, this, is, this is my church, not yours. And that's clearly some folks need to be reminded of the order of things. Dwayne Barth says WNBA has higher ratings than the Kavanaugh hearings. <laughs> oh, gosh. Bye. Oh. Just barely, but bye. Wow. I'm going to sell. I'm going to sell just because I don't know that the WNBA has any ratings. You know, I don't, I don't know that it like... They're a diary it, market. It, yes. <laughs> I don't know that it has any ratings, but... The fact that we thought about this for a second, I think, speaks volumes. Yes. I think yeah. I will narrowly sell. Uh, Tony Mercer just went there. He says, thanks to withholding the Garland nomination and now fast-tracking Trump's judiciary picks, history will show that Cocaine Mitch had a bigger conservative influence than Ronald Reagan sell. Oh, sell. So that's that's four-dimensional chess, sell. So. Yeah. yeah, it's... I think it's kind of no-dimensional chess, <laughs> well, actually. Yeah. But. Which is what almost all four-dimensional chess is, right? I mean, isn't that why we don't talk about it? Uh. Uh, Mike Austin says Trump will get to nominate a third Supreme Court justice before the 2020 elections. I'm going to buy that. Yeah. Well, that was one of my predictions sure. last year, yeah. Yeah, so i got to buy it. I'll i got to stick with it, yeah. Republicans pass amnesty before 2019, even if they win in November. Bye. Before 2019? Mm-hmm. Sell. I don't think there's... Any, I don't think they can get anything done, good or bad, rest of the way, other I'm, than this Kavanaugh confirmation. I'm just going with assuming the worst <laughs> possible outcomes about everything. And, and God bless you for it, as a matter of fact. <laughs> Screw logic okay. and reasoning and analysis. Yeah, I'm gonna. Do I think we could see, like, uh, amnesty in January of 2019? Yeah. But I think between now and the election, they're letting you know... They don't plan on doing anything. They're gonna, and so we're gonna have that whole whoever's dumbest last loses. They're gonna, mm-hmm. they're gonna confirm Kavanaugh, and then they're just, then they're gonna do omnibuses and fun Planned Parenthood and keep the government open. It's not that we're lazy. And just go, it's and we just, just don't, that care. We don't care. Yeah, and they're they're gonna office space this son of a gun is what they're gonna do. Yeah, they use the reference to follow up on the reference that Aaron just made. So they're gonna confirm Kavanaugh. They're gonna keep the government open, fund the baby killers and everybody, and then they're just gonna go campaign. And say, whatever we did the last two years, that's our case to the American people. You both make strong arguments. I guess I'll... Yeah, because of the time, I think I'll sell. But Aaron, your heart's in the right place. It is in the right place because they tried like crazy to do this. Oh, yeah. They tried like crazy. I think this is the real reason that Paul Ryan made his resurrection, made his resignation. (laughs) I think this is... (laughs) I think this is the reason Paul Ryan made his resignation effective in November. Because he was going to try to get amnesty done for his Chamber of Commerce buddies on the way out the door. So I think they tried everything they could to make this happen. Um, So the spirit of this question is right on the money. I just think the calendar conspires against them now. Yes. Trent Johnson says the Braves are the biggest pretender in the NL. Well, here's the thing. I think kind of everybody, 
everybody other than the Cubs, because we've seen what they can, we've seen them in the postseason in recent years, and we've seen them win the World Series. Um, this, I don't think this team's pitching staff is as good as the one that won the World Series a couple of years ago. I don't think its bullpen is as good as the one uh, that won the World Series a couple of years ago. But I, I think pretty much everybody in postseason contention right now in the National League, other than the Cubs, is some level of pretender. I mean, I, I was very yeah. high on your Brewers coming into the year. I picked them to make the playoffs, but this would be their first playoff appearance since when? Did they make it the year they had CC Sabathia? Were they running it that year, right? Yeah. Okay. But that's that's the one year since when? Oh, yeah. It's Has it? Do we mean, go all the way back to '82? Has it been that long? Uh, yeah, yeah. So, so uh, was yes. it really '82 to the CC Sabathia year, and then now? Wow, that's crazy. Is that that's yeah. that's a yeah. hell of a drought. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> now, if the playoff ended today, the Cardinals would make it. Yeah. I think I've been yeah. buying into them over the last few weeks to a month. I mean, what happened after firing their general manager, which, as you talked about yep. on the on the clock with Kurt Schilling, that's such a rare move for an organization like that. But now they have the best record in baseball post um, post uh, All Star break. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, the only problem with them, I mean, they've got a great uh, great group of just hitters they kind of do the small ball thing although they do have some power in there a uh, great group of hitters but i think their pitching is just a little still a little bit shaky i mean last night hit three they they got out to like a four or five nothing lead and uh and they they their pitching just blocked blocked it away so they came back and hit three home runs in one inning and then they <laughs> almost pissed that away as well but they they are as legit as any of the pretenders so you have you have the phillies you have the um uh, the Braves and you have the Brewers. These are three teams that are all better, are all good probably a year or two ahead of schedule. Okay. You have the Cubs, we've seen recently. The the this Cardinal iteration hasn't been a postseason regular, but as a franchise they have been. The Dodgers have been a postseason regular in recent in the in the Clayton Kershaw years. They would not be in the playoffs if the season ended today. They haven't won a World Series since 1980, uh, 1988 with Oral Hershiser. So I, I mean I could kind of make the case everybody in the National League, because of the thin playoff resumes. You know, with the exception of the Cubs, I can make the case every single one of these teams is a, is a pretender until proven otherwise. So I'll buy. Um, yeah, the, the uh, but uh, you can based on the exact same logic. You, you, I mean, I know I I agree with what you're saying, but there's not they're there. Uh, if they, especially if they don't have to go, uh, if they edge out the Phillies and they win that division, uh, and you you start off with five game uh, series, you have as good a shot. Um, as anybody and also baseball is just if you do your job as a baseball team it, it, it is really you can build a team to win a um a a, 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 a the regular season division crown that then ultimately has um no better chance than any other team in a um once the playoffs start uh, in baseball because of how much different baseball is than any other sport in terms of you have a pitching staff, uh, guys who are hot uh, at, at, at different times. Uh, it, it's just it, the Braves are to be commended no matter what if they finish this thing out and win uh, that division. No one can call them pretenders. If you think that after that, they are somehow the least built 
to have success right now at this point in time uh, in the playoffs. I think that's fair analysis. Um, but n- no matter what, uh, you win a division in Major League Baseball when you play this many games over the long haul, uh, and you see what other uh, teams are doing with more uh, with bigger payroll, more talent. Y- you just you, you you can't call them a, a fraud or a pretender um, in in what I believe to be a more important sense. All right. Caleb Hammer says a Big Ten West team will win the college football playoff before a team from the state of Texas. If that would have been make it to the big or the CFP championship game, I would totally buy that. But win it? But win it. Yeah, I think the problem, like he's he's basically saying Wisconsin will win the win the college football playoff before a college team from Texas. The, the problem Wisconsin has in the college football playoff is – they're going to try to line up and play the way Alabama plays, but Alabama has better players. See, I, I that's exactly. And I just they, don't. I think they could Michigan hold State up. tried that a couple of years ago, and we saw what happened. I think okay? Wisconsin, I think actually Wisconsin even better than Michigan State could hold up, maybe hold up against Alabama or a Clemson defense for three quarters. But then after that, I mean, the talent just takes over in the depth. And there, there are there are exactly with the, with the exception of LSU which was an NFL farm team on both sides of the ball. And I believe that game was, what was it like nine to seven? And then when they had a rematch in the BCS championship game, Alabama named the score against them basically. So with the exception of LSU recruiting at an Alabama level, there has been nobody in the Nick Saban era that has been able to beat him without running a spread offense and a quarterback who's a threat to run. Nobody. Can't beat him. You cannot beat him just lining the ball up and going after him. And, you know, Georgia was, it looked for a while like Georgia might pull it off. And then they went to a freshman quarterback and a freshman running back and came back from three touchdowns down and won the game in overtime. So I, I, um, that being said, on the other side of the equation, you know, I can't see Texas A&M. I don't care how good of a coach Jimbo Fisher is. I don't think they have any chance at the college football playoff until Nick Saban retires. They're in the same division he's in. We don't really know where the hell Texas is at. And it's only year two under Tom Herman. It's it's one game of year two, by the way. So it's a little redonkulous to be making stark condemnations um and tcu you know i don't know that it's possible for them to have a better team than what they had in 2014 or 2015 and they couldn't make that they couldn't even get into the playoff and they went 11 and 1 and won their league and couldn't get into the playoff so this one is hard um i guess And, I mean, I think this one's like a fifty-one forty-nine question. Yeah, I think. I guess it's probably fifty-one percent Wisconsin. One shining moment, one and done, could beat Alabama compared to where all the other Texas programs are at right now. But um, the style of play, the way Wisconsin could win the playoff is if Clemson and Alabama were on the same side in a semifinal, and Clemson beat Alabama. They would match up much better with Clemson. Here's why. Because 
they both have one side has the best offensive line in college football. The other side has the best defensive line in college football. They cancel each other out. And and that gives you a chance if you can if 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 Hornybrook could make a few throws, you could win that game if you're Wisconsin. I think there's almost zero chance they could beat Alabama because of the style of play. But I think that's a higher chance than anybody from Texas winning the college football playoff in the immediate future. So I guess I'll go with Wisconsin in the Big Big Ten West. But I'm not confident about it. That's a really tough question. Wow. Yeah, that was the first one. That's the first one that I got, and that's why I saved it for last. Well, I, I actually in my predicting my f- my four this year in the playoff went with Texas as my fourth because I I felt I needed some kind of long shot. My other three I thought were kind of pedestrian, and they've already lost. Um, and y- yeah, who else is it going to? I don't think. I, I don't think TCU is close to rising to that level. I agree with your analysis of about Texas A&M. I, if they rise to that level, it's going to take a while. I mean, we're, we're projecting, I mean, we have to think a decade into the future, perhaps, of when somebody's there. So I'm going to go 51-49 also in favor of the West, but not because of my Wisconsin jingoism, but I'm going to add uh, the potential for Nebraska to get back into the mix with Scott now, Frost. Okay. I, now, if you, if you think they... I, if you think he can build enough of a recruiting base, that is the style of play that has beaten Alabama, is what Scott Frost wants to do. That is the style of play. I agree. When they have rarely lost. I agree with I agree with the whole thing about Nebraska, Todd. I just think that if we're talking about winning the college football yeah. playoff, which is what we're talking yeah, about, yeah. I think if you get a program to the point where you're at that level you have a better chance of developing it in the South, in Texas, than you do in Nebraska or Wisconsin. Oh, that's... Better athletes. Um, but again, Big Ten versus Big yeah. 12, that's a, that's a whole nother That's, that's whole why nother it's 51-49. I don't disagree. All right. So the rest of this podcast is going to be empty calories. The top 25 snacks. See what I did there? Nice. Yeah. Number 25, you know the, the drill on, on these lists now. Number 25, Ritz crackers sell. sell that should not be on any person's snack list ritz they're okay but should not be in the top that's not a snack what about, what about with the, like the cheese and stuff in between well that's that's, a, you, that's a dish then, yeah, then you have to augment it no yeah. it's standalone yeah i think it's got to be standalone oh boy uh jack links yeah jack that's links 24 yep yeah i'll yeah, take that's yeah, the problem for me though is higher i'll take it where it is i'll buy it i'll buy it i'm good okay Number 23, Snyder's Pretzel Pieces. Sell. Sell. Number 22, Butterfinger. Sell. Sell. I hate how that crap gets in your teeth. I can't I'll, stand it. I don't understand people who don't like Butterfinger. I mean, it's not something you can eat forever, but it's just, it crumbles. It's nice. Uh, number 20, 21, Reese's Pieces. I hate Reese's Pieces with the burning passion of a thousand. It's got to be higher, don't you gotta, think? Got to have cups. Oh, gosh, the cups are a lot of good snacks. Don't do, are, okay, don't, so don't think, do the Reese's Pieces. The cups are where it's at. Uh, I yeah. Well, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, when God ran out of manna, he fed the Israelites yeah. those. Yeah. Okay, but Reese's Pieces are pretty good too. So I I, I'm, I guess I'm fine with it. Have that. you had the king-size cups with the Reese's Pieces inside yes, of them? Yes, have you tried those yet? Oh, yeah. What'd you think? Excellent. Yeah, I'm with you. Number 20, yeah. Ruffles. Plain ruffles, sal, mm. too salty for me. Oh, I love salt. Just I love salt so um, much. Never heard of this flips. So F L I P Z. Yeah, aren't those like the the they look covered pretzels? Yeah. Like thinking. Yep. 
So sell number 18 checks mix and i actually like pretzels i just think these are too high that's all number eight checks mix the the store bought the ones that the cereal company actually you know, made worcester sauce and all yeah. that stuff but homemade yeah, checks mix best. because that you need to kick it up a notch yep. on all it's too bland the and i my palate like i just said i love salt so i need stronger flavors if it's homemade absolutely buy I'm fine with Chex Mix here. I'll buy. Number 17, Gardettos. That's the pub that, that's, mix, right? That's another the, kind of mix. No, um, Gardettos, uh, yeah, they're just breadsticks, basically. They're yeah. The little cracker breadstick thing. Sell. Sell. Way too high. Uh, number 16, Snickers. It's a classic. I'll, I'll buy. It's a classic. I think it's too high. Sell. Yeah. N- number 15, Starburst. Sell way too high. Sell too Unless high. you're 12. Yes, I know. <laughs> Number 14. I'm a grown man. This is a grown man snack list. <laughs> Number 14, combos. How can Reese's Pieces be higher than Starbursts? <laughs> uh, combos. I don't know. I love Who? combos. I'll buy that. Very underrated. Yeah, combos are underrated. Are good. Yeah. Who is the Flavor coach? Flavor mashing, to- uh, tailor-made stoner snack that were decades ahead of their time. Yeah, way underrated. Who's the coach who did the, like, isn't it Oklahoma State, I'm a man thing? Uh, oh, Mike, Mike Gundy. Gundy. Mike Gundy. Yeah. I'm a man. Attack me. <laughs> yeah. You did that pretty good. <laughs> now you just need a mullet. Yeah. yeah. Uh, number 13, Twix. Sell, Sell too, too high. high. Good, good, but too high. Number 12, Lay's. Just plain Lay's? Well, it you can just uh, chips, Lay's chips. I'll take Lay's ahead of Ruffles any day. I, I won't. But I'll Ruffles take, are still good. I'll potato take chips ahead. Are, you know what I like? I liked the baked cheddar and sour cream Lay's. I like those. Never, never take baked over the real thing. I like baked. I prefer baked, so I'm selling. I should say, I, Lay's the... And I bumped my mic again. I'm sorry. I like... What? Okay, let's, let's defer to our vinegar expert over here. Yes. What are the best salt and vinegar potato chips? Because I really like the I Lay's. Like the, I like salt and vinegar. Yeah, I like. I would say I like the Lay's salt and. I think Ruffles does better on the flavored, but I think Lay's the salt and vinegar just in the bag are the best. Oh, I don't. I guess I. I don't have a definitive on that particular flavor. On other flavors, I do. But salt and vinegar, uh, most most chips that I've had get it pretty right. Like I like the kettle chips that are salt and vinegar. Yeah, oh, yeah. those are really yep. good. Yes, yeah. they are. Number eleven, Kit Kat. Uh, sell too sell, high. Too high. Good, but too high. Number ten, Fritos. Love Fritos. You like this? We'll, we'll count chili, the twists and the cheese, chili. Yeah, and Fritos the chili. Yeah. are I, the chili cheese Fritos. Bomb. I, I I wax and wane between chili cheese and the honey barbecue. Twist. I suspect this great. is too high, but I'll buy. I will buy if you put one of those. And they they make those in the. They're not the huge bags. They but. The but they're also not a one serving bag. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I if you put that in front of me and I'm just sitting there and watching a game, um, it will be gone. Uh, number nine, Haribo gummies. So my kids high. love those way too high. Again, if you're 12, great. Number eight, Cheez Its. There's a cell, Tabasco flavored Cheez Its, even more dangerous with me. Way too high. Number seven, M and M's. They they're still sneaky good. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Buy. Classic yeah. staple. Buy. Yeah. Number six, Cheetos. Oh, buy. Not buy. Cheetos yeah. are quality. Uh, well, I think it's too high. So we did. Uh, yeah. Uh, number five, Goldfish. I'd rather have a Kit Kat than a Cheeto, wouldn't you? No. Yeah, I would. No. So, so. Okay. Number five, Goldfish. 
We're not five, so yes. Five. <laughs> Come on, what did, what, you know, here's the sharing ball. No, uh, number four. Reese's peanut butter cups. How is this not number one? <laughs> I knew this was coming. This is four. Well, did, come on. The next three. The I can't wait to hear how great the next three okay, are. Paul, <laughs> yeah, Paul, okay, Paul. Before whatever you pause before you sp- spit out what you're going to say. Consider it. There's this is my still haven't snacks. found what I'm looking for of snacks. Yes. I'll I'll buy here. I think there's some. I don't. I can't think of exactly what they are, but there's there's great snacks out there yet. I. I uh, I'll buy, I guess, because at least they're in the top five. Hold. This is a legit hold. Is you it can, a legit hold? You can All hold. Right. I'll even let All you. Right. I'm, giving, I'm being given preemptive yes. permission to hold, therefore I shall use it. Number three, Pringles. See, I love Pringles, but they're not better than Reese's Peanut Butter I, Cups. You're, you are correct. They aren't better than Reese's Peanut Butter so Cups. So sell. So sell. But, I'd even be fine if like they switched the order. I love Pringles, yeah. but they're not that. They're not as good as Reese's Peanut Butter Are Pringles a, a legit top five consideration in your estimation? No. no I, I would have found okay. several others ahead yeah. of them. Yeah. yeah. They yes. are like the Budweiser of, of snacks. They are the king of snacks in my estimation. I'm sorry, of potato chips. Pringles are like, I used to think they were just like metaphysically cool when I was like 12. Like, huh. How do they, you know, before I understood this is just like potato paste <laughs> shaped together. But before that, I was like, this is amazing. That now, So now I'm a grown man and that, yeah, it doesn't, the shine is more off. But uh, so, yeah, they're not better than, got to sell. They're not better than Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. Number two, Oreos. Oh, way too so, high. Oreos are. One of the most overrated. overrated foods in America. Yeah, I agree. No doubt. Agree. There's like 50 we varieties. Feel, dude, give that up right there. We got yeah, a nuxer. They're on like, that. have you guys seen the Fist Oreos? I walk. I mean, I walk by them, and it's like half the aisle is different varieties of Oreos. All right, number one, according to Thrillist, I cannot believe Oreos were ahead of Reese's peanut butter cups. Yeah. America has not been made great again. Yeah. Uh, number one is Doritos. My wife would say yes. Cool Ranch, not the like cheddar. when you yeah. when whenever Amy's obituary eventually runs, I can tell you what the cause of death will be. Died attempting to intravenously inject Doritos into her veins, okay? This is an opioid to her. She loves these things. I would put them in the top 10. I would, for snacks. They're not, yeah, the cell, though. They're not number one. But no, they're not number one. Not ahead of Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. No way. But they have done, like you mentioned, the Oreo. Like, Oreo, all those other flavors... I think that just showed insecurity in their brand. Doritos, yeah. they have done uh, the when they introduced the uh, the salsa verde, the mm-hmm. really hot um, habanero ones. Oh, they're outstanding. Well, that's it. Don't say, don't ever, don't ever say to anyone or let anyone say that the Steve Day Show never does empty calories because we just did for the last ten minutes. Well, great stuff, everybody. Hey, if you've got time today to click subscribe there on iTunes or Stitcher, uh, we would appreciate it. If you've got some extra time to leave us a positive review, we'd appreciate that as well. The more of you that do that, the more of you that we get to expose this podcast to each and every day. Thanks to all of you that have already given us that positive feedback. Appreciate you as well. Back at it again tomorrow with Theology Thursday. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace. I like it, you.